0: Rabbi, we know, or a better translation for John's gospel is we see. Rabbi, we see that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And then Jesus says, well, what he says next doesn't seem to make any sense, does it? Have you ever wondered why Jesus doesn't respond to Nicodemus, but says something as if it's from a whole other conversation? Jesus says, very truly, I tell you. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Why is that juxtaposition? Is Nicodemus wrong? Well, not really. Jesus is sent from God. That's what the first chapter of John tells us in this gospel. But it's it's as if he sees, but he doesn't see. And seeing is absolutely central to John's gospel. It's all about Who sees and who doesn't? And we'll see that in the next couple of weeks uh, in in Lent. Nicodemus is looking, but he's not seeing. It's as if he's saying, you know Martin Luther King? He was an African-American man who died in the late 60s. Or have you ever heard of Winston Churchill? He was a a sort of reckless hero during the Boer War. Now, neither of those things are untrue, but they don't really tell you the story, do they? That You're missing a fair bit if that's all you have to say about Martin Luther King or if that's all you have to say about Churchill or any other famous people. It's so inadequate, it's almost untrue. And Nicodemus gets it completely wrong. Jesus doesn't actually come from God according to John's Gospel. Jesus is God. He's there from the beginning of everything. In the beginning, John chapter 1 verse 1 says, echoing Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word or logos or thought or idea or um, experience. We don't really know how to translate that Greek word. In the beginning, God was there. Jesus is God. Jesus was there. In some kind of way, Jesus was light and life, the next couple of verses tell us. So, to say Jesus is a teacher who's come from God is a bit sort of eh, close enough to being not true at all because it misses the whole story. The coming of Jesus, according to John's Gospel, is a cosmic event. And it, Jesus begins this little story with a cosmic event the most cosmic event you have ever experienced or ever will experience, your birth. Birth is, for each of us, the cosmic event. It is when we appear in the universe and gain consciousness and discover something about ourselves. It's the beginning. No one can see the kingdom of God, Jesus says, without being born from above. Now, above, of course, in ancient cosmology, is where God is. God's up there, we're in the middle, and then there's something else down there. That's the kind of standard ancient cosmology. We have a different cosmology, don't we? And then Nicodemus says, you know, if he knew this was going to be in the Bible for 2,000 years, he might have rephrased what he said because he sounds kind of dumb. How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can anyone enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Oh, come on. He hears this incredible metaphor about the world, an incredible incredible metaphor about what it means to be a human being. And he's got a tin ear. He misses it completely. How does this happen? How is a man who is a teacher of Israel and a leader of the Jews, according to this text, listen to the psalm that we heard from Rosalie and all the other psalms, which he'd heard all his life, full of extraordinary metaphors about who God is, what the world is, and and then go, well, how do you get born again? Something is desperately wrong in this man's life, maybe in this man's culture. He's stuck in a religious mindset. A religious mindset is a transactional mindset. God does something and I do something and we get a transaction going and then everything will be all right. To get this, you must do that. To appease the gods, you must make sacrifices or you must act a certain way or you must have a certain level of piety or morality. Do what God says and the gods won't kill you, hopefully. Do what God says and God will love you. He's so stuck in a transactional view of the world that the only thing he think of, can think about is, what do I have to do? How do you do it? How is that possible? There must be some other thing I can do. How can anyone who has already been born, be born a second time? Well, Jesus has another go and he says, well, you must be born from above. No one can see the kingdom without being born from above. The whole point of the metaphor is there is nothing you can do. How did you get born? You didn't do anything. Somebody else did it all. You just appeared in the world. It might have been difficult. and uh, I think um, scientists often tell us it's the most dangerous journey we ever take in our lives. But you just turned up. You didn't plan your birth. You didn't work towards it. You didn't even know anything about it until much later. How strange that some parts of the Christian church have taken this idea of being born from above, which we've often used, uh, translated as being born again, but most translators say being born from above is a better translation, taking it as something you must do. You must be born again. Well, how, Nicodemus says, how is that possible? Birth is not something we do, it's something we experience. And that's at the heart of what Jesus wants us to know here. Because he says no one, no one can be, can be entering the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. No one can enter. And, and again, this is not a transaction. This is not, well, there's a door and the door here, we're on this side of it. And if we just go through there, we'll be on the other side of it and it'll all be sorted out. No, it's not that kind of entering The the sense is the entering, like you enter a state of being, like you enter a state of grief and sorrow. You don't, there's no door, you're just in it. You enter a state of joy. There's no door, you're just in it, you experience it. It's not a place, it's not a transaction, it's an experience and it's a mystery. It's a mystery because, well, Jesus says the wind You don't know where it comes from or where it's going. It's like that with the spirit, Jesus says. You can't grasp the wind. You literally can't grasp the wind. You can only experience it. No one can enter, Jesus is saying. No one can experience the kingdom. And we haven't got time to go into all of this, but it's shorthand that Jesus uses For the way the world truly is, the world the way God always meant it to be, the world of God. No one can enter that world, that experience, without a full experience of what it means to be born. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, you're already born of water, otherwise you wouldn't be here. We understand that. But being born of water and spirit, Jesus in one way is saying, it's about bringing our lives back together again that dichotomy that we've built in, that somehow I have a body and my body does this or that. And as we get older, my body is letting me down is language we sometimes use. But you don't have a body, do you? We know that we are a body. And when bits of our body give us pain, it's not that bit that's in pain, it's our whole selves that are in pain. We don't inhabit our bodies, we are our bodies. It is already one entity, one unity. And Jesus is speaking to that and wanting us to experience it. Because it's spirit that made the world. That's what Genesis 1 says. That's what Nicodemus knows because he studied this all his life. He's a teacher of Israel, Jesus says. We know that we're born of cosmic dust. We're all made of the stuff of exploding stars. Genesis seems to speak to that in a very beautifully metaphoric way and we've discovered it in another set of metaphoric ways in what we now, at the moment at least, call the Big Bang. But it's possible, according to John's Gospel and according to Jesus, to exist without really knowing you're alive. John's Gospel is constantly wanting us to see, to open up. It's possible to be blind to the truth. I don't know if you've ever had the terrible, heartbreaking experience of dealing with, a, with a, usually a young woman, sometimes young men, but a young woman who is suffering from anorexia. That's that sense that when they look in the mirror, they are both ugly and fat. And so they starve themselves sometimes to death. It's a horrible thing to watch. And psychologists and psychiatrists... Uh, find it very, very difficult to work with and people who love them even more difficult because when we see that young woman, we see a beautiful person with a fine body that looks like it's doing all the right things but what they see is something completely different. It's possible to see the same thing and not to see the same thing. We can live as if the essence of life it's something we must achieve what do i have to do one of the, uh, the a young man says to jesus or a rich man depending on which gospel you read what do i have to do to get this life jesus is saying it's about being born and you are born all you need to do is acknowledge that and recognize that we even sometimes make god into a doer of things because in the famous verse that this uh, reading nearly concludes with, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, we often have that read to us as if God loves the world so much that God does this, that or the other. But it doesn't. The translation means in this way, God loves the world. In this way, and in this way is God loves the world by giving the world to us, giving life to us, giving the gift of creation to all of creation, us included, even though we thought we're the bosses of it. It's not God loved so much, but this is the way God loves. This is the gift that we've been given. And Nicodemus doesn't see it. And you can see Jesus in the conversation, longing for him to see his life not as a transaction that he has to do the right thing, but as an already given gift that he is alive in, if only he could see it, if only he would open up, if only we see it, if only we open up, if only we see that we have already been born into goodness, into God's good earth, into God's good life. It's not about what you've done or not done, what you can do or can't do, because birth is not a doing it's a receiving it's not a believing it's an experiencing that's why we will say in a few minutes we'll share communion and we'll say these are the gifts of God for the people of God we say it every time we have communion because they are their gifts it's all a gift it's all the gift of God And who are the people of God? All the people God made. Everyone made in God's image. All of us. All of them out there. All the people who will be at Writers Week in a couple of hours. We are all. We are all gifted. Amen.